Hey everybody, this is Paul Thorne, and you're listening to Chords, Vines, and Dimes. Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce, and you're listening in on Chords, Vines, and Dimes. That's our dear friend, Nicole Farrell. Isn't she, uh, she's just a delightful woman, and uh, aren't we lucky to have her in our lives? Very angelic voice. Yes. Well, welcome to Chords, Vines, and Dines. Hello on this Sunday, I don't know what you kind of call it, rainy overcast. Overcast, kind of. Humid. uh, Muggy, yes. How about muggy? Is that a good word for you? Yeah, muggy works. Humidity is what, 50-something percent? Oh, yeah, over 50%. It could be worse. Sticky. It could be worse. But, yes. But we are drinking some heart, heart, heart wine, and this is the uh, Tres Hermanos, uh, which is a GSM Grenache Syrah Morved, 2019, probably uh, Jim Hart's last uh, Tres Hermanos before he sold the winery and went on to Life Vulcan. Mo- yeah, we saw. Mo- I haven't been to Vulcan, have you? Not in a while. We we both went. No Vulcan in. Uh, Julian? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been I there. I thought you'd been there. I have been there, yeah, and I thought you had Oh, well, it, you, get a, you get all your women mixed up here. <laughs> it's hard, I'm telling you. They're just... You're going to have to keep a notebook. <laughs> I may have gone by myself, and it's been a few years. But, yeah, I haven't been. Yeah, Jim's well, invited me, but... Okay, well, then let's do it. Yeah, uh, for, for next trip. weekend. Field trip. <laughs> next weekend, I think we're busy. Yes, we are. We've got uh, Temecula Valley Wine Connoisseurs. Yes. Me. And hopefully we're going to be over at uh, on Sunday at Europa. Yes, for uh, Europa Village is having its. Uh, I don't have the name of it off the top of my head right now, but they're having a wonderful uh, t- a taste of Europa. I think it's out of the great taste of Europa. And uh, so I spoke with our friend Matt Rice, who's the general manager over there. Chef Hani, I'm sure, is going to create some incredible dishes, and uh, they'll be featuring, of course, the wines from Bolero and C'est La Vie. Oh, yum. And, uh, yeah. It's going to be a wine wine weekend. Yep, and Vienza is their Italian wine. Ah, I can't so wait. That's next uh, Saturday, correct? No, Saturday is the Temecula Valley. Okay, so wine Sunday. Card, so it's Sunday. So, all right, Matt, if you hear this, we, we've emailed you. We'd love to come. We love it. And uh, again, our thanks to Robert Schuler and the folks at Melissa's Produce. And you're expecting a package yes, hopefully I tomorrow am. with turmeric and what else? Oh, gosh. I forget everything that's in there. I got the recipe here somewhere, but it's my uh, immunity soup. Turmeric immunity soup. I can't it, wait. It tastes. I mean, if you leave the word immunity off, it'd probably appeal to more people. Right. But as soon as you say immunity or something healthy, they're like, "Ooh, it's going to be this <laughs> or that." But I'm. Tr- it sounds really, really good. 
So uh, go to melissas.com for that recipe and literally thousands of others. They have uh, about 1,400 different items that they carry at any given time and at least three recipes for each one. Oh, yes. Yummy, yummy. I'm waiting for the uh, blood oranges to come back yeah. in season. Melissa's pro- Melissa's.com. Thank you for our official produce sponsor. Yeah, I want to thank our friend Wanda for giving me all these yes. figs. Yes. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I was just going to go out and start looking for some bulk figs, and <laughs> you showed up with a big bag of figs. So I'm going to be busy figging I, it out. I think I gave you several pounds. Yes. Well, it will be wonderful. I can't wait to get started on it as soon as the mugginess goes away. <laughs> it's hard to work in the kitchen when it's all muggy. So we have a couple of fun guests today. We have Nicole Farrell. I want you to tell us a little bit about Nicole. Oh, gosh, I don't even know exactly when I met Nicole. It's been a few years, and I'm sure I met her through Robbie Motter. Sure. Robbie is like the networking queen of the world. No kidding. And... uh I'm not sure where it was that I did meet Nicole, but it was probably at one of the GFSE, the Global Society for Female Entrepreneurs, meetings or gatherings, and, and I heard Nicole saying. And both of us were convinced that she was from France. She's not. She's from Quebec. Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. She's got that beautiful accent. She does. And that singing voice. Angelic is the only way I could really describe it. She's just really good. And... She had her first musical gig. Usually she'd been doing karaoke, but she had her first musical one last Thursday. Out How in exciting. Menifee. So. So we have a, I had to, uh, I was running late at the office, and so I kind of came in near the end. So I came in literally with my hands full, and <laughs> I was in right in the middle of the conversation that you'd already begun. So yep. if you, if it sounds a little chopped up in the middle, that's, uh, that's what was going on. Yeah, it's, I think he did pretty good. And uh, we have uh, my friend, and uh, he's your friend now, too. Yes. Uh, Jerry Gerald Burns, B-E-R-N-S. He's written a book called Thank You, Mr. Emerson. He's got a fascinating background. We'll talk a little bit more about him before when we uh, go into our visit with him. Yes, that's good. And we have a special guest next Sunday. Oh, boy, do we ever. You may not know the name Dennis McNally, but I think you might know the name Grateful Dead. He was their <laughs> historian and publicist. So can you imagine, Kat, the uh, stories that he has to tell? It's going to be so exciting. He's going to be our solo yeah, guest. But, We've got a long interview going with him. But he's written uh, several books. The, the one that I'm getting tomorrow is called uh, Long Strange Trip. The Inside Story of the Grateful Dead. Wow, what a title. <laughs> <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's, it's been. It's been. So, uh, wow. yeah, he's he was there th- for the whole ride, and he'll let you know. Oh, what a background. What a history. Yeah. Wouldn't you just he's, love to have that kind of history? He's uh-huh. how we got Bill Payne on the show, because he, he books Bill's calendar. Oh, good. Who else does he book? <laughs> well, we'll have to find out. Uh, we're going. I'm going to be talking some more with Robert Rankin-Walker on his segment that he's going to be doing. And then we also have Sean Roberts, who will be doing his third Sunday. Inside the Spotlight. And we're trying to get Lee Rocker Mm -hmm. nailed down. i got a couple other surprises I'm working on, too. Uh, But one other thing i got to mention. I don't know if you're a big Frasier fan. I am a huge Frasier fan. Yeah, he's coming back. Wow. Kelsey Grammer. Dr. Niles Crane. Yes, Niles was his brother. Oh, that's right. Dr. Fraser Crane. Fraser of course. Cr- <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the show's actually going to uh, pay tribute 
to Don Mahoney, who played his father. Yeah, oh, he was so away. wonderful. Uh, and also, I really thought this was interesting, and I and I really admire shows that do this. Film it before a live studio audience. That's brave. I don't like you know that canned laughter. You, oh, it's terrible. Um, and I think also, who was the other one? Uh, Hot in Cleveland. Yes, yeah, also so did a, a live studio. Eddie audience. White. And... Oh yeah, I love it. I love the audience interaction. I, yeah. I love the outtakes from that. Um, and anyway, I'm real excited. I think the only original character coming back besides uh, Frasier will be Lilith. Baby Newworth. Yeah, uh, but she's only coming in, I think, for one episode. Okay. But it does sound very interesting, and not to, to give out too much, but he moves from Seattle back to Boston. Okay, well, that is something to look forward to for sure. And that comes out in October 12th Cool. on Paramount+. Plus. CBS will air the first two episodes on October 17th. So um, that's going to be exciting. Can't wait. I love Kelsey Grammer. So should we move on to our visit with Nicole Farrell? Let's do that. Okay, I am pleased to be on the phone with my good friend, Nicole Farrell. Nicole, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great. So you. You've got a lot of uh, events coming up. Um, you've got an incredible background. You're a singer. You, uh, are you a songwriter as well? No, I'm not a writer. Uh, but I write my book. Oh, well, that, that counts. Uh, the story of uh, what it's like to be raised with 17 siblings and mom and dad. Oh, my gosh. So at a dinner table... It was always very busy, but we were well raised. My dad would always say, don't talk when you're <laughs> 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 So we were very quiet, you know, surprisingly enough. Uh, it was a big chore for my mom, of course, and we all helped being um, an I'm a middle child, really. Wow. I'm a tenth of 17. <laughs> Yeah, she was the baby of the family. Then she had seven more kids. Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, so, you, uh, does everybody in your family sing? Or uh, no, there's only eleven over here that moved here in 1962, and uh, and then they moved back in 1967. But I was already married. So I stayed in the States, and I have two other brothers in the United States. I have one in Oceanside, and one, uh, I have, you know, a sibling out there. <laughs> yeah. And I have a daughter in Pali, one in Pennsylvania, one in Torrance, wow. and a son in Long Beach. Yeah. You're scattered all over the place. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it doesn't feel like we're far away from each other because... We use the internet and Facebook and FaceTime, so we we are very close, very close. Isn't that and amazing how, how the internet mm -hmm. keeps us so close together? It's yeah. Nobody writes letters anymore. They send emails and text messages. So. <laughs> yes, but if I could send a personal birthday card to each 18 grandkids and we have seven kids together, we're like the Brady Bunch, actually. <laughs> I have four kids, and he has three, and they're all the same ages. 
And so when we got married in 1992, oh, my God. <laughs> so a fiasco, right? All living in the same house.
Absolutely. It's an icebreaker. It, it, that's what it is, yes. yes. And uh, between that and 206, I had cancer, breast cancer. And when they were ready to do the reconstruction, then they found that I had a brain tumor. Oh, my goodness. So we, we put that aside. And so they didn't want to operate on my brain. And they didn't want to do the reconstruction because I had a brain tumor. And so I went to all kinds of hospitals to get second opinions, third opinions, fourth opinions. And John, my husband, sat down to hey. If it was your wife, what would you do? And then I had radiation on the brain and put a reconstruction for my breast cancer aside. You know, it was postponed by two or three years. But I'm all better now. I'm all better. Yay, bravo. shrunk the tumor, and I didn't want to have surgery because it would paralyze my face. No. Uh, there was a chance, a land, 85% chance of being there. Well, you look fabulous. Did you have a believe me? I'm all better. Did you have a bout with COVID too during in the last couple yes, of years? Yes, I did. When it first started, uh, in twenty, I did a show, and the title was "The Roaring Twenties." I said songs from the forties, and you know, uh, and. Uh, it was so much fun, but then I didn't realize that I didn't know what I was talking about. The Roaring Twenties was in 2020 to me. <laughs> yeah, I was in the hospital in uh, ICU for 15 mm. days, and wow. we didn't think I'd make it. Oh. Yeah, so my daughter and my husband told the doctor, whatever it takes, whether it's approved by the FDA or not, give it to her if she thinks it's going to help. And it did. It oh, did. Well, thank yeah. God. Thank God, Nicole. Oh, I'm, I'm all better. I'm telling you. I'm ready to. I'm ready, ready to go forward. And that's why tomorrow I was, uh, they, they forced me to do it. <laughs> John said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I'm going to be singing, it's a gig for three hours. I've never done that before. Wow. I've done one hour, an hour, and I did all kinds of karaoke stuff, but not being a vocalist. That's a long time. A French, with a French player. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell the people, come and not sing. Uh, I'll do a show, yes, but there'll be a lot of things. So don't be afraid to come over and be bored. I'll keep you away <laughs> dancing. Well, I was rehearsing today, and it's tough. It's like, oh, my God, it's going to happen, really happen at the Thai uh, restaurant there. So I'm very pleased that you uh, offer this interview. That's yeah. interesting. Where can people find you? Your web, What's your web address? Uh, Nicole Sarrell, A-R-R-E-L-123 at Hotmail. I also have frenchnote.net. That's a no website, but I'm also on Facebook as Nicole and I C O L E Feral S A R R E L L Singer. Ah. Because I have another one, but that's for my family in Canada. Right. Strictly Nicole Feral. No. But for my business, it's Nicole Feral Singer. Singer. 
Well, I know you have a rehearsal to get to, so we won't keep you any longer, but I appreciate you taking the time to be on Chords, Bodies, and Dimes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, you guys. Merci bien. A <laughs> bye bye, Nicole. Au revoir. Au If I had
That is Nicole Farrell on Chords, Vines, and Dines. And isn't she a delight cat? She really is. She's just such a sweet person and such a positive person. Anyway, and to listen to her sing, it's, you, you can just tell the type of person she yeah. is. She loves what she does, and isn't that what makes all the difference in the and world? And her age, too. Can yeah. you believe that? It must be the Robbie Mater effect. <laughs> i got to call it that, Robbie Mater effect. It must be. So. Uh, before we move on to uh, Jerry Burns, doctor, well, he's not a doctor, but Gerald Burns, the author, uh, I think we need to play the game of food. Yes, we do. All right, I'm going to hit you up with people and pop culture. Oh, boy. Okay. Which American president received a gigantic thousand-pound wheel of cheese at the White House? Was it John Tyler? Was it Andrew Jackson? James Polk? Or William Howard Taft? Thousand-pound oh wheel of God. cheese. Oh. You don't know this off the top of your head? Well, do you? Mm-mm. Without looking? Mm-mm. Don't look at the answer. Uh, I'll just say Taft. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. What? Okay. Never mind. Why? There's no explanation. No, no explanation. Okay, do you want cooking tools and techniques sure. or ingredients? Go well, for you're going to get both anyway. Oh, God, you get all these. Cooking tools? Is that Sure. One? Okay. What does the French term sous vide? Yeah, literally mean. Slow cooked, under vacuum, plastic wrapped, or water poached? Under vacuum. Yes. <laughs> I didn't have to give you that <laughs> choices. You just know that. Jeez. Okay, regional dishes. Okay. In Texas, kolaches are fluffy, <laughs> yeasted breads that are often filled with sausage, cheese, and jalapenos. Where do these pastries originally come from? A, Germany, B, Russia, C, the Czech Republic, or D, Macedonia? I'll say Germany. <clears throat> what is it? The Czech Republic. Kolaches. They know. sound yummy. They do. That sounds really good. I was just thinking of making some. <laughs> I mentioned that. Okay. Ingredients. Blue cheese doesn't come from blue milk, so what makes it blue? Mold. Well, you want me to go through this? Sure, go ahead. Food coloring. Eh. Prolonged aging. Eh. Injection of penicillin. Eh. Blue algae from cheese caves. Injection of penicillin. Yes. And I'm allergic to penicillin, but I can eat blue cheese like... I didn't know you were allergic to penicillin. Yes, ma'am. Almost killed me when I was an infant. Well, now you tell me. All this time I should have known that. In case something happens, you know. Okay. I got... I have a... Oh, yes, you have some interesting facts, don't you? Yes, yes. About songs. Ten songs that we were surprised were controversial. Mm -hmm. Who knew? I know. I mean, okay, the first one, In the Air Tonight. By Phil Collins. What what could possibly be controversial about that? It was banned during the Gulf War because it seemed to be about missiles. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? Uh, That's on the album Face Value. It was released in 1981. And actually, the song was inspired, uh, came from his divorce from his wife uh, the previous year. Do you know why Phil Collins is a hero of mine? Why? There was a, he did a Rolling Stone interview years ago. And in that interview, he said, I would love to produce an album of Paul McCartney's because I would like to kick him in the ass and make (laughs) make him 
do an album that's you know, worthy of his talents because I don't think he really has. I mean, he's had a few really good songs since. Well, yeah. You've got, you know, Wings. Did you know that he was in a band before Wings? <laughs> I, heard, I heard a rumor. Heard a rumor. That goes back to one of Braden's therapists when Braden said, this is my grandson, Braden, said his favorite musical group was the Beatles. Now he's only 13, and he tells his, his therapist that. And she said, I think I've heard of them. And I thought <laughs> yeah. she was kidding, but she was serious. No. Um, yeah, scary. I know. All right, why don't we do a few more of these? Okay, you ready for another one? Yep. Uh, God Only Knows. Beach Boys, Brian Beach Wilson. Beach Boys, yeah. Offended religious people in the uh, American South. Okay. Uh, how about this one? I'm still kind of gets me. Uh, Rumble. By Link Ray. Yeah. I saw Link Ray in concert. He was incredible. This is the only instrumental that yeah. was ever how banned. Can, it's an instrumental. How, does, how, is, the, how is it possibly? Was been? criticized for making kids go ape. Oh, please. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's been in a lot of soundtracks and everything yep. else on that. Also, okay, Rod Stewart Sailing. Okay, hit me. Uh, it was banned due to the Falklands War because uh, sailing had something to do with enjoying life on the sea, and that was reason enough. That was uh. the BBC. I would have thought more of Rod Stewart's Tonight's the Night. Sure. That, to me, I... I would have thought would have been banned somewhere, but apparently not. And another one, how about Brown Eyed Girl, Van Morrison? All right, tell me. Uh, that one, because a uh, single line in the song, Making Love in the Green Grass, oh, yeah. okay. apparently pushed the limits of what was okay to be on the radio. All righty. Uh, the lyrics of Louie Louie. Well, that, nobody could understand them, so I think a lot of people couldn't, well, Didn't it, know what it was, so it must have been dirty. It took two Indiana teenagers who took offense to it mm -hmm. that wrote the governor, who anyway was banned. Uh, I don't even see what, what the issue was no. with that. Uh, how about Lola? L-O-L-A, Lola. Uh, the baby felt, felt one line in it was was uh, because it promoted an ad, it was an advertisement so apparently original the original lyrics were coca-cola and they changed it to cherry, cherry cola, cola. Okay. why would you ban I, <laughs> I don't know i mean some of these companies like coca-cola would pay to have their you would name think. in there yep. um i knew somebody who was a product placement in movies mm -hmm. and they i i don't see, i mean i'm sure the same thing would go with movies you got one more I mean, tv uh music um my Generation. By the who? Yeah, Stutterers. <laughs> it was offensive to oh, okay. Stutterers. I got two more. All right. A Day in the Life was banned for supposed drug reference by the Beatles. Okay. And the last one, Radio Radio from Elvis Costello was banned from Saturday Night. He was banned from Saturday Night Live. Because? Because he was supposed to do another song, and he did that one instead, oh and they my. didn't like the change, so they banned him. <sighs> and usually, I, I didn't know this, but if you're banned from Saturday Night Live, you, you're banned for life, but he was able to come back again. Well, that's good. He said he just he was pissed off at being told what to play by the <laughs> record company. Yep. And uh, the rebel that he is. So well, anyway. I know the Stones were told to sing, um, let's spend some time together. And they, on Ed Sullivan. Yep, on yeah. Ed Sullivan. <laughs> and they went, did... The, their song, Let's Spend the Night Together. I kind of remember that. I I used to watch Ed Sullivan as a kid, as well, a child. 
Well, who didn't when you lived in that time? I was a baby. <laughs> All right. Our next guest is Gerald Burns, and I met Jerry because he, uh, my landlady used to rent to him, and so he stops by the house oh, at least once a month or so, and we hit it off, and last year he published a book called Thank You, Mr. Emerson. Well, Jerry was born in Brookline, Massachusetts. He grew up in Newton, Massachusetts. He's a graduate of Newton South High School and the University of Rhode Island. He was a starting catcher and first baseman on the varsity baseball squad. He earned a JD degree from Boston University and then became a resident actor with the Boston Repertory Theater. And he's had uh, quite a career. He uh, was in the world premiere of Harry Nielsen's musical, The Point. He created the role of the rock man. He has appeared in many television shows, uh, movies, commercials, and feature films. His character in Beverly Hills Cop was satirized in Mad Magazine. So we're going to have to watch that movie, too. But anyway, um, this book has done very well. It was published on Amazon Kindle, most recently received a five-star book review from readers' favorite. They said, Thank You, Mr. Emerson by Gerald Burns is a contemporary novel that is simple yet magical in the intelligent ex- intelligence it exudes. It's a highly relatable story that takes a look at the conversation of a couple where they discuss their dreams, love, apprehensions, interest, future plans, and beliefs. And these things wrap up into a profound narrative that becomes emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually compelling. Thank you, Mr. Emerson. Boy, I didn't know we were in all this royalty when we interviewed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a nice, nice person. He really is. And um, and he called it, called to thank me for having him on as a guest. Oh, what a sweetheart. Well, should we get into his interview? Let's do it. I just did a video uh, that's going to be a, a whole bunch of friends are putting together very short, like, 10-second videos, and I just danced with the dog for a half hour doing ah. a video to get, to get 10 seconds worth. It's a great thing to, uh, to a Harry Nielsen song, of all things, is Are You Sleeping? So I just did that, like, uh, five minutes ago, wow. uh, t- 10 minutes ago, yeah. So We both love Harry Nielsen. Oh, yes. Yeah. So no, that- Harry is... Um, I, well, I could save it for... Uh, I was in the world premiere of uh, the play production of his uh, animated special and his record called The Point. And I played the rock man in that. And uh, and it was in Boston when he came and he hung out. And uh, years later, I saw him once in uh, Westlake and uh, got to chat. It was a real thrill. It's a fifth Beatle. You know? uh, yes, so. it was. So I'm just going to say that we have already started the show because uh, we've been recording and you've had some great stuff to say already. But that being oh. said, let me introduce our guest, Mr. Gerald Burns, B-E-R-N-S. But uh, he's my buddy, so I'll call him Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hi, Chad. Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's nice that I've met both of you. And... Uh, through all the different senses, I, I know that you're very nice people. Oh, so you. that always, that's, that's, uh, uh, I think that, that can be helpful um, in any case. If, uh, if I see you pulled over by a police officer, I can say they're very nice people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure that'll carry a lot of weight. 
I'm, I'm looking at your book now, and the first thing that I see when I open it up is the uh, autograph to Tom on there, calling him the ninja chef of Couples Way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <clears throat> he is. He is. I, uh, he is. And he was nice enough to give me the, the box that the ninja kitchen appliance came in, and it's still in the back of my car. I use it as a as a like a little luggage kind of or a, a place to just put stuff as I drive. So uh, that that ninja that goes much further than you'd ever suspect. Isn't it nice that it could be repurposed? Yes, yes. I, I haven't even had a recycle it or anything. Last time we visited, uh, Jerry, you you turned me on to a, a TV show called uh, Fantastic Fungi or Fabulous Fungi. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I I was new to that myself. Um, the thing that's extraordinary that people uh, anywhere can do is if wherever you live, if you see a cluster of trees, a, what they call a grove, a little grove of trees, they're all connected. And they're not only connected with their roots that they send nourishment to any kind of ailing tree or anything like that they send they send nourishment to uh, they they send fungi too and they also um will help out subspecies of trees and i have a little here i'm we're you know we're not in the in the desert or anything but you know there's a little grove that i go and i just kind of hang out and sometimes people talk about vortexes and things like that, like in Arizona and stuff. But um, you can, if you have a little grove of trees near you, just go spend a little time and put your hand or just lean against a tree or just look at it. And you'll see that there's, often there's a mother tree or a father tree or a grandfather, grandmother, or bigger ones. And I have found that in this little grove I have right here where, where, uh, where we live. And... Uh, uh, and it's, it's just something special to know. They're not just like these things that are just out there by themselves. They're all connected and they're all interconnected. So that fungi goes the whole way. Of fungi is a, is a product of the earth that you think fungus, ooh, it, there's all these beneficial aspects to it. And I'll just leave it at that since I'm a, a, a novice at all that. But it's, it's kind of wonderful. You might have a little grove near you that you can go and you just get a little extra kind of mellow uh, connectedness and calmness and uh, good for the soul. Tom? And, and that being said, Jerry, you're a fun guy. I was just going to say, <laughs> Tom, you're kind of a fun guy too. <laughs> <laughs> there's, what is that? there's a fun guy, a mung guy. There's a uh, uh, fungus among us. I remember. Right. Can I be a fun gal? You can be a fun gal, of course. <laughs> And there's and there's a tortoise on the golf course. Yeah. Just look out for those desert tortoises. A couple of them show up on our uh, on the different golf courses around here. So, there's, a, so but there's no. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was gonna I was gonna talk to you about your book. Thank you, Mr. Emerson. Uh, what, yes. Where did you get the idea to write this book? Um. I did a, uh, I'm from New England. I'm actually, uh, the, uh, a whole bunch of these great 1800s brilliant people uh, lived in Concord and in and around Boston. And Ralph Waldo Emerson, he was born in 1803 
And he was uh, Thoreau's uh, mentor and then became best friends with Thoreau, who wrote Walden. And they have Walden Pond there in Concord. And there, um, it turns out that Emerson is as important in his sphere as, for example, Hamilton was in his sphere. Hamilton was government and treasury and all that finance and all that. And Emerson was the uh, first original uh, writer apart from England. He was, some people, I don't know if all the scholars would agree with this, but I, I agree with it, knowing nothing, but I agree with it. But uh, he was our first uh, unique American writer. Sometimes people refer to him as America's intellectual, cultural uh, Declaration of Independence from England. He was t- completely unique from the style and and he did that in an essay called uh, Nature, and um, and where Thoreau went to the woods to build his cabin, and uh, was on property that Emerson owned, and so he's a very famous and very important uh, person. Uh, he was an essayist. He was a poet. He was an abolitionist. He was an orator. In fact, he was a, a pastor. So he went to Boston Latin High School, which is still there in Boston, in Boston there, and then he went to Harvard, and then um, he uh, became a pastor at the uh, First Unitarian Church in Boston. His father was a pastor, and he has about six grandfathers who all were all pastors. But at 29, he decided there was some rights that the church did. It was Unitarian from uh, yeah, it was Unitarian. He decided to to quit. And he resigned, and they were very disappointed. But that's when he became, then he started writing. And then he became, or was living as an orator. Um, and he uh, he also was a poet and a philosopher, a thinker. And he was, I think he was a mystic as well. He was very much a naturalist. And he influenced Thoreau. And when he went to the woods and uh, on the Merrimack River, he wrote a book about that, Thoreau did. And he was, he's just a stunning, and I went to his house. His wow. house is still there in Concord. Now, uh, you walked in to the right, and there was an oak table, just like what Charlie Rose had. Where's Charlie Rose? I miss Charlie Rose. Yes. I know he messed up. Me screwed too. Up. Yeah, he missed me. But anyway, he had a, uh, Mr. Emerson, they called him Mr. Emerson. His second wife, Lydian, uh, actually called him Mr. Emerson. His first wife was 17-year-old Ellen Tucker from New Hampshire. And many, many people at that time had tuberculosis. And one of the things uh, that Emerson said was, some, I think it was Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, said is that death was at everyone's door. And this lovely woman, he was a young man, and he was in his 20s, and she died of t- tuberculosis. Mm. And... Uh, Sad, sad, but he met this woman, Lydian, who, and had three children with her, and the house is still there in Concord. And the walls are all covered with bookcases and books. And that's his, his friends. And who were the friends? Uh, Hawthorne lived in there. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I'm going to go. Um, let's see. Hawthorne, um, Scarlet Letter. Um, Melville lived not that far away in Massachusetts, Moby Dick. Um, and they had what's called the Transcendentalist. <clears throat> that on first hearing that, I thought it was a bunch of dentists who got together <laughs> to do. Tra- 
<laughs> but no, no, they were they were brilliant men who wanted to reform both uh, the, the, the some of the stuff that the services the religious services were doing, but also wanted to reform education. And they're all amazing. And um, uh, and so I lived about twenty miles from there, and I had, had been to, through Concord, but I had never been to. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson's house. I think he was up in the attic for some reason. He didn't come down, but um, he might have been floating around. Who knows? Um, But it's a beautiful white picket fence, New England kind of classic home. And uh, so I just had, uh, I just, this is what it is. This is why I did this. There's never been a popular culture piece with Ralph Waldo Emerson as a significant character, with the exception of the Emily Dickinson uh, cable show that was on not a couple of years ago for two seasons. It was a great show, everything, just amazing. And I haven't seen those two episodes, but uh, the Ralph Waldo Emerson was in two of those episodes. He had a few lines in a play called The Night Throw Spent in Jail by mm. the Wasserman, the guys who did Man of La Mancha. And I happened to do that play in Boston, and I played as sheriff. <clears throat> and um, so that's how I know that Mr. Emerson only had a, a few lines. And I thought, <clears throat> my book, I think, I don't, there's a, t- a bunch of really great biographies and, a, <clears throat> excuse me, and analysis of him. But I don't think there's ever been a popular culture piece where he's been a uh, central character. And, um, and, and, and I also see the title as well as saying thank you to him through the ages. And, uh, because he's, if it wasn't for his, his, his writing about all different kinds of things. And like I said, he's a poet, he's a essayist, he's, uh, and, and nature is, it broke him out, uh, um, as as a, a worldwide thinker, uh, serious, <clears throat> um, amazing uh, writer and uh, and person. So anyway, it was it was just that nobody's ever done it. Nobody's ever had a significant piece on him in any any medium that I know of. I could could be mistaken, but and there supposedly is a is a great documentary coming out on him. Uh, it's going to be on HBO if it hasn't already been on H- HBO. Uh, so that's, that was, that was the motivation is just, this is untapped territory. And, and, and the other thing is I wanted it, I, I would like that book to be sold, um, to be taught in, and I'm one of the, the peer reviews they call uh, in the back where other uh, people write the little quick reviews. Um, a teacher of 35 years. Um, to, said that it should be taught in every college in the United States, my book. And he also because said that this novel is so good and smart and witty. So you've gotten some high praise, uh, Jerry. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Including Garrison uh, Keillor. Tell, tell me about that. Oh, oh. Um, I had to couple when I, uh, I you know, it, it, was a, it was not the quickest uh, creative uh, a piece that somebody could uh, finish and complete. It only took 11 years on and off. Um, and 
And when I was about uh, in my I don't know, eighth or ninth year, I remember reading, I, I just think Garrison Keillor is the Mark Twain of our time. I think he's, he's just astonishing. And, um, and I think he's, his heart is really in the right place. He, he had some kind of rough, a little rough uh, spot there for a bit, but he, he is, he's just a national treasure. And anyway, I remember he wrote in one of his columns, he has a different, he has about three, four columns. One is about uh, the history of all these great people in the world. And then he has uh, one called, well, I'll answer the question. Um, uh, He wrote that his hero was Ralph Waldo Emerson. And and he want there was a time when there were all the stuff was going on with uh, statues from the uh, statues from the uh, world uh, civil war and people were moving them or this or that or they renaming towns and streets and all this sort of thing because I had to do with that some of them were honoring people who were you, you could consider possibly traitors or you can uh, slave owners and that still goes on and 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 there's you know it's 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 uh. It's not a simple thing, I think. I think it's complex, and I think some of it is long overdue that, to talk about some of that. Well, anyway, he felt, uh, because George Washington had owned s- slaves, and or Jefferson had owned slaves, it was, and um, the movie 12 Years a Slave really tells you, like, why that is. It's a brilliant movie. And... Um, so Garrison Keillor... Uh, oh, oh Gar- Garrison, Ke- Garrison Keillor wanted to rename Washington, D.C. Emerson. Wow. That's how, that's how much he thought of Emerson. But he said we should... Didn't he acknowledge your book? Jerry, didn't he acknowledge your book? He did. He did. Um, he, uh, uh, he just... What he did is I wrote him a note. Just I never thought it would even get to him. He has some the addresses of administrator, uh, uh, Garrison Keeler, something, you know, like on, on his pages, because I subscribed to, to some of those things. So I just wrote him a note and said that I concur, that I agree with that. And I said, by the way, I've written the first uh, uh, book uh, that where Ralph Waldo Emerson is a significant character, a novel called Thank You, Mr. Emerson. And out of the blue, he had one of his columns is called um, Post to the Host. And it's like uh, letters to the editor. And it's there like a, at least once a week, usually maybe sometimes more, a couple of times. And just by chance, I started to read it. And I all of a sudden I saw somebody write him a letter. And, and it was like, gee, that guy writes just like me. <laughs> then it turns out it was my letter. So he posted my letter to him. And my letter was about me having been an actor for many, many years, have been a screenwriter in Los Angeles and an actor as well. And that um, I wanted to introduce myself, but that what I worked on and is the most important thing I feel like I've done um, is uh, a book called Thank You, Mr. Emerson. And I described it a little bit. And then out of nowhere, a week after I had, weeks a week or two weeks after i had written that there in his column because he responds to everybody everybody he responds to so he feels from left to right inside out whatever and there was this limerick he wrote a limerick uh to me saying there was an actor named burns who took a serious turn 
and da 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 and da 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 and um, and uh, it, it just it just I I get chills when I read it. You and must just, have been dumbfounded, Jerry. I was jaw dropping dumbfounded. I was I was knocked for a loop, and I have such gratitude for that. I mean that um uh that that it it just it was such validation. Uh, and it was a pat on the back from somebody I respect. Very well uh, deserved, Jerry. Where okay, the book is called Thank You, Mr. Emerson. The author is Gerald Burns B E R N S. Where can our listeners find your book? You can uh find it on Amazon. And it's right there. Uh you either put in Gerald Burns and it should lead you to it. Um, or you just put in thank you, Mr. Emerson. There's like five or six reviews there. There's, there's one review that also blew my mind. I've entered this in two book contests and one of them is reader's favorite. And within 10 days, and this is the biggest, I think it's the biggest and best one in the United States, I think. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. And within 10 days, I got a five star review back from them. Bravo. And that, that blew my mind, and um, and it just, and it actually said this is you know, this all this adds up to that this is a great novel, and later it ends with everyone should read this novel, and I just was, again, I was not just dumbfounded, I was dumb dumbfounded, <laughs> and and I go you know you just what you go you go thank you God you know because there's there's something underneath all this stuff that we don't see. I mean Shakespeare said it something to the effect of. There's more on heaven and earth. I hope you'll. I think it's in Hamlet, and, and um, I think one of the the players that come in, it's, it's in there somewhere. Uh, there's more on heaven and earth. Blah 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 blah. And Einstein said something's moving, and there's something underneath for for anyone who is uh, working in whatever field they're working in, particularly because I know the you know uh, the arts and uh, is this. There's guidance. There's in this. There's other kinds of subtle. It's not for the intellect. It's just for deeper wells that support us, that guide us, that just throw some. You know, because we all go down the rabbit hole once in a while, <clears throat> um, and and then we we have better days, and then we have really better days. And just just do whatever anybody's process is with that. I just honor it. Uh, I just I think prayer works, and I think uh, uh, just saying thank you works. And I think if, if you're walking by somebody in the street and they give you a look, give them a smile. Some people don't get that for a whole day. Sometimes you know things like that that are in the mix of how does all this this dance that we're in? How does it all happen? And. Uh, so there we are. Yeah, I got a five-star review. And then there was the other one I did is called, uh, that one's called a Reader's Favorite. And if you put Reader's Favorite and Gerald Burns, it should come up with that review I just talked about. And if you, uh, or just put, uh, thank you, Mr. Emerson, five-star review, uh, and it should come up. But also this other great book contest is called Next Generation Indie Book Awards. And a few weeks ago, they sent me a medal, like an Olympic kind of medal that I was a finalist for uh, best first novel, 70 to 90,000 words. How cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, 
I, you know, you, uh, my family has been in my corner, but sometimes like any caring family, I'm, uh, they have, they have their doubts, you know, what, what is he doing? What is he's out on a limb, you know, all this sort of stuff. And, um, so again, it's, it's validation, like, uh, Mr. Keeler sent me that limerick and, uh, and just steady as she goes and keep up the good walk. Jerry, we can't thank you enough for your time. It's been a delight visiting with you. Likewise. Jerry, and I look likewise. forward nice to, to reading this. It, it's it's great reading, very easy to read, and very entertaining. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and um, uh, I wish all the best for the uh, Tomcat uh <laughs> productions if you can't make it the show you could make it tomcat productions <laughs> and then they're going to find out that 500 people already have that thing, so. <laughs> you're probably better off with what you have <laughs> so thank you for inviting me really appreciate it really enjoy it thank take, you jerry take good care isn't he just a joy i just love talking with him he's so easy and full of great stories and he is and you actually met him you had dinner with him at my house one yep. night yeah nice nice man and what a talent he is so I... the book again is called thank you mr emerson you can find it on amazon and probably your favorite bookseller yes i can't wait to read the book i already yeah. glanced through it yeah you've got it right You've got it. I've got it. I didn't know. Did you read it yet? I have not, but I'll let you hang on to it and you read it and give it to me. Well, I'm reading, I'm reading. um, Oh, you're reading uh, uh, On the Rocks, the Prima Donna story. Isn't that a good book? Yes. And we had Maria and Ruthie on about a month ago or so, the authors of that. So that's another book we can recommend. Uh, I've read it. You're reading it. It's called On the Rocks, the Prima Donna story. And yeah, all the authors, authors that we had. Their books are all great. I am reading uh, Jeff Stevens' uh, The Handler. We had Jeff on several months ago, and I'd love to have him back. we got to follow up back up with some of these and some of our artists, too. But next Sunday is going to be a whopper. Wow. Dennis McNally, the historian and publicist for The Grateful Dead. Awesome, awesome. God, I, I'm sure when we talk to him, my, my mind's just going to go back to that era, and I could just relate to everything. Yep. Well, even more so with you, because you were up there in San Francisco. And I have told you the story. I interviewed the Grateful Dead at the Grateful Dead house in the hate when I was in the eighth grade. So I was, what, 13, 14 years old? Oh, that's right. I told you you were, like, almost famous, yeah. like the <laughs> yes. movie. So Maybe uh, it was written... After, I don't know about you. It might have been. Oh, boy. <laughs> was your mother upset that you were going to be on tour with the band? <laughs> well, I, I didn't exactly go on tour with the Grateful Dead, but I did meet them. I interviewed them. And, boy, I wish I knew where that tape was. I'm sure it's destroyed by now. But Yeah. I'm, that's why I got the uh, the Band-Aid. The t- that's right. Yes, I'm a Band-Aid. Almost famous. Almost famous. All right, we'll do it again next week. Thank you so much, and thanks to our uh, official produce sponsor, Melissa's Produce, melissas.com. And we're going to finish with uh, one more of Nicole Farrell. Perfect. Au revoir. Au revoir.
you see me. 